Hello teachers from around the world and welcome to the Summer Professional Development Series on Legendary Educator. I'm Mr. Ramez, a former teacher and certified teacher trainer and passionate about the classroom and about learning. This Summer PD Series is meant to prepare you to conquer the classroom next September and help you reach your goal of becoming a Legendary Educator. Every week over the summer, I'll be tackling a different topic, discussing a different perspective, and sharing a new skill. Whether you're a new teacher going into the classroom for the first time next September, or an experienced teacher who just needs to polish up on some skills, this podcast is what you need to listen to this summer. At the end of each episode, I'll be including some advice for new teachers, so stay tuned till the end. Over the past couple of weeks, I've discussed some foundational elements on which you must build your lessons. And last week, I walked you through how to build engaging, active, and differentiated lesson plans. Today, I want to talk about something that is essential to the building of successful citizens of society. Before we begin, if you haven't already done so, please take a moment to subscribe to this podcast because you don't want to miss any of the upcoming episodes on the Summer PD series. All right. Let's begin. Class is in session. Thanks to Aura for sponsoring this episode. If you've got a cell phone or a laptop, chances are you've already been a victim of having your personal information exposed. Data brokers are making a fortune selling your information to robocallers, spammers, and others who want to learn more about you, like where you live or what your phone number is. That's why I'm excited to tell you about today's sponsor, Aura. Aura can identify data brokers exposing your information and submit opt-out requests on your behalf. Brokers are legally required to remove your information if you ask them to, but they make it super hard to do. Let Aura handle it for you. You can try Aura free for two weeks by going to aura.com slash legendaryeducator. That's A-U-R-A dot com slash legendaryeducator. Aura also does so much more to protect you and your family from online threats you cannot see. It's really easy to set up, so you don't have to download several different apps to get things like parental control, antivirus, VPN, password management, identity theft insurance, and more. You get everything at one affordable price. Let Aura do the hard work of keeping you safe online so you can focus on other tasks with peace of mind. You can either let people continue to exploit and profit off your private information, or you can go to aura.com slash legendaryeducator. Again, that's A-U-R-A dot com slash legendaryeducator. There's an ongoing debate about whether teachers should be responsible for teaching students life skills. Some say yay, others say nay, and put the responsibility on the parents. But if you want my opinion, I believe this is an essential part of your job as teachers. And especially now, since as we've discussed before, your job of teaching facts and information is pretty close to being obsolete, thanks to Google and Siri. So we have to put our focus into something else we have to put our focus on the hidden curriculum. Last week, I talked about how every lesson should have a combination of different tasks and activities to meet the many different skills and abilities of our students. This is the perfect foundation for teaching the hidden curriculum. The hidden curriculum is the set of skills that aren't always present in the physical curriculum of any subject. The beauty of the activities and the projects I mentioned last week is that it gives plenty of room 
for practicing different skills. Think about it. Here are several scenarios. When students are working in a group, especially if they're working in a group that is not made up of their friends, they're learning how to work with others, especially if they don't always get along with those others. How many times have you been asked to work with somebody at your job with whom you don't get along? Are you going to respectfully or disrespectfully decline and tell your boss that you can't work with this person? Or are you going to go ahead and make the best of it? You can very much teach this to your students before they face these obstacles in the real world. Okay, as they're working within the group, they're also learning and practicing other skills like how to discuss and communicate, how to agree and respectfully disagree, and how to brainstorm within a group. Again, crucial skills that they will inevitably face in the workplace. Another way to train your students on how to disagree respectfully is in the form of debate. There are always two sides of anything, and when you have regular debates in your class, this is the perfect grounds to sow the seeds of positive discussion and respectful argument. Another idea is to have peer critiques before you jump in and assess the work yourself. Teach your students to give positive and constructive feedback to each other on their work. If the activity also has a presentation at the end, this is perfect for practicing public speaking and how to effectively communicate. Previously, I also spoke about time management skills and how you can train your students how to respect the time limits given to them by being firm and consistent with your expectations. Check out episode 20 for the full discussion on this. One of my favorite skills was identifying perspectives. Even though we're living in a largely globalized world, there is still plenty of xenophobia and learning how to view different perspectives is crucial if we ever want to extinguish hate and radical thinking. So. You can have an activity where your students are putting themselves in the shoes of the other and thinking from the lens of a different perspective than their own. One of the very positive things you can do with your students is to teach them how to help their fellow human. This can be in the form of charitable work or public service and so forth. Your class projects always have the opportunity to have some sort of element of charitable work. For example, your students can volunteer their time at a charitable organization to teach them something they've learned in your class. If you teach business, for example, you can have a project where the students come up with a business idea, and an element of the project is to donate the proceeds to a charity. Another element of a project can be something like cleaning up a street, a stream, or a neighborhood, for example, and so forth. I'm sure if you put on your own charitable hat while you're coming up with your lesson, you'll come up with several ideas to implement for your students. A while ago, I was listening to a fellow podcast for teachers called The Epic Classroom by Trevor Muir, and he was talking about how to make meaningful, engaging projects that are also solving dynamic problems. I loved this episode because as the students are learning content standards and skills, they're also solving real-life problems. I'll end this episode with a snippet of that podcast and I'll leave the link of the entire episode in the show notes. Feel free to check it out. Next week, a very special guest host will be taking over the microphone and sharing with you some tips on how to better engage your students. You've heard her on the podcast before. It's Miss Michelle Rui from episode 16, Best Practices of Teaching Reading. I hope you'll tune in. I wanted to interrupt this awesome interview to personally thank you for checking out Legendary Educator. 
I hope you're enjoying this episode and finding benefit in it to take back to your classroom. You know, creating a podcast and producing weekly episodes is actually pretty demanding. It takes time, energy, and yes, even some cost. But fear not, there is a way to support the podcast. Actually, two ways. The first thing you can do is go check out legendaryeducator.com resources, where I've compiled a whole list of products and services that are useful to teachers. You never know, you may find something that's just right for you, like discount school supply for your school supplies, lesson planet for prepared lesson plans, or better help for online therapy. Using the links on my website won't cost you anything. You may actually end up saving, but it will give me a little kickback to help support the channel. And if you don't find anything you like, you can just make a small donation by going to legendaryeducator.com donate. You can donate as little as a dollar. A buck a show. Sounds like a good deal. Again, thanks for tuning in, and I hope you enjoy the rest of this episode. And so that's what I want to do on today's podcast episode. I just want to share a few strategies, techniques for coming up with really engaging learning experiences or project ideas. And I hesitate to call them just projects because this isn't just if you are doing project-based learning or, or, or group projects, it, but really that's what it is. I, at its core, one of the best ways to get students engaged in what you want them, what they need to learn is to give them dynamic problems to solve. And then you as the teacher is helping them learn to solve those problems. And it just so happens they can learn content standards as they solve those problems. They can develop skills as they solve those problems. And they learn at a much deeper level when they're in the act of problem solving. Because humans like to solve problems, right? That's one of the things we are hardwired to do is to solve the problems in front of us. And so why not design learning experiences that are fundamentally about solving problems. It, it motivates us. It moves us. So here's some ways about coming up with projects, ideas, learning experiences, whatever you want to call it, learning units that have real problems to solve. Here's some ways to come up with some of those. And the first thing I want to share, one of the best ways to come up with a project idea for a specific unit of instruction is to first ignore that unit of instruction. It can be easier to brainstorm project ideas when you're not encumbered by the academic standards that you have to cover. Listen, I get it. We have to cover certain standards and we're going to get to how we tie some of those in. But when we're coming up with the learning experience first, sometimes we can actually set those standards aside, those learning goals, and we'll return to them afterwards. But instead, first, we're going to figure out, all right, well, what's the problem? And then we'll look and see, are there ways to tie my standards, my content into that problem that I've selected? And so what I would suggest you do if you're trying to brainstorm how to come up with something here, create a big list of problems that exist in your school or in your community that your students could have a role in solving. And, I, and I'd suggest you be as broad or as specific as you want as you're making this list. Because what happens is once you have a big list of problems, then you can be like, all right, which one of these do I have some motivation in wanting to see solved? What do my students want to see solved? I found over and over that the things that we are passionate about, that we care about in our own lives, usually it's a lot easier to get other people to be excited and engaged in it as well if we're engaged in it first. And so asking those questions, all right, which one of these problems really sticks out to me? And so your list might have a bunch of different things that 
are happening in your community that you'd like to see solved. Like it could be neighborhood littering, or maybe you have crowded hallways in your school, or maybe there's a homelessness issue in your community. Maybe there's old playground equipment that could use some fixing up or replacing. Maybe there's lonely elderly at a retirement home nearby uh, that could really use some love and connection. Maybe you have kids at a children's hospital, or there's a busy street by your school that could use a crosswalk. And so at this stage of brainstorming, just make a big list of problem problems. And as you're making that list, don't think about, all right, what are my students going to do to solve it? Or how is this going to become a learning unit? Or how am I going to turn it, tie my content standards into this? Just ignore all that and just make a big list. Because once you have this list, you can begin to consider how can we incorporate them into the, the learning unit, into the standards. And so just make a big list to start. And now we can look at it and figure out, all right, do any of these relate to my class? Where you could tie in the science, you could tie in band class, you could tie in ELA. I'm sure there's a math component that you could do to it, but it started with the problem first. We started with a problem and then creatively found ways to tie it into a learning unit. And so I would strongly suggest you do that first is create a big list of problems that exist in your community, in your school specifically. It's like, all right, well then how can we design or how can we tailor a unit that maybe we already have around solving this problem in some way? And how can maybe we learn some content standards in the process? Now, again, I already said this once, I'll say it one more time. This can require a little creativity. That This can require some sitting still and just kind of pondering and thinking about it. Um, but, but I think starting with a problem is probably, in my opinion, and somebody who's been doing project-based learning for over a decade and, and just believes really strongly in it and have come up with a lot of project ideas, I think this is probably the best way to do it is starting with a problem and then figuring out how can I tie it in to what I'm going to teach anyway. So if you've managed to reach this far, I'm going to go ahead and assume that you're enjoying this episode. And what better way to show me that you're enjoying the podcast than by doing something to support it financially? It's just the right thing to do. You can go to legendaryeducator.com resources to find links to products and services. Using the links aren't going to cost you anything, but I'll get a small kickback for every purchase you made. And if you don't find anything there, you can go to legendaryeducator.com donate and donate as little as $1 or more if you're feeling generous. Do the right thing. If you found this episode of the Summer PD series beneficial, your homework is to share this episode with one of your teacher friends, preferably somebody who's new to teaching, so that they too will learn and benefit for their students. You can follow me on Instagram at legendaryeducator, and you'll want to head over to legendaryeducator.com and get on that mailing list to be notified of new content and updates. Next week on the Summer PD series, Miss Michelle Rui will be guest hosting and giving you tips on how to engage your students. Thanks for tuning in to Legendary Educator. Class is dismissed. <laughs>